Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll hear from Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. We'll also hear from Gabriel Weinberg of DuckDuckGo, a search engine that lets you remain anonymous. We'll also hear about my bet with Bob Dr. McLevitis and tech journalist Rob Pegarero. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com joining us this week. And he's the guy who prognosticates things on occasion and gets them right, which is better than most of us. But today there's a story that Barnes & Noble is, I guess, going to give up the Nook tablet. Is this something that was expected? I, I think Barnes & Noble thought that coming into that space would be uh, a whole lot easier than what it was. You know, I mean, Amazon pretty much had a, a monopoly, and I let's release a tablet and people can read and we'll steal a, a, a bit of that pie and, you know, have a nice hardware business. And that didn't happen for them. You know, it's not as easy as, as what people think. So uh, I think that they were probably a bit surprised with it when, when it first started going downhill, but I, I don't think it should be any great surprise. You have Amazon, you have um, all the Android tablets, and you have, of course, the, the leader with with iPad, you know, that that's just uh, an incredible device to, to try and compete against. Now, there was a story the other day, and I don't know if you saw it from Daniel Aaron Dilger over at Apple Insider, suggesting a lot of people are having problems with the Google Nexus 7 tablet, which was highly touted when it came out last year. Have you heard of any teething pains? Well, I think that every device probably has some, some teething pains, but... I haven't heard anything specific about that tablet. Of course, another report that's out this week, Apple stock has taken some more nosedives. Reports about employee morale at Apple are being impacted because the stock went down, but Apple stock has gone down in the past, and employees didn't exactly desert the company. So what's the story? Well, <laughs> Apple stock has got to be one of the craziest things ever. Because it goes up and down based on good news or bad news. I mean, you would think that most stocks go up when when good news happens and go down when bad news happens. But Apple can release a you know great quarterly figures and and stock goes down. I, I don't think anybody really knows uh, what's going on with the stock. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. There's no relationship to anything. So, for example, Apple did at the Worldwide Developers Conference what they were expected to do which was to introduce a new Mac Pro, to introduce OS 10.9 Mavericks, to introduce iOS 7, possibly to introduce some new Mac notebooks, which they did. And the products have all been mostly praised. So what's the problem? That's a good question. I mean, you have beta versions of OS 10 and beta version of iOS. You have new uh, MacBook Airs have a, a good lineup of MacBook Pros. And every time that, that people say, well, Apple needs a, a new product, and then they come out with a new product, it just doesn't seem to be enough. But yet they, they let the competition off with doing a whole lot less. 
which is very interesting. But people look to Apple in a different way than what they look to other companies. They look to Apple to be the innovators. And unfortunately, no company can innovate every single product cycle. That's just not going to happen. When Apple releases an iterative product, you know, they, they update the memory or they, you know, do little design changes. But Wall Street looks at that and says, well, that's not good enough. But if another company comes out and, and does that, you know, they, they look at that and, and say, okay, that's, that's good enough. So, you know, for so- example, Samsung yeah. is now reportedly not shipping as many of the Galaxy S4s as previously. And that's okay. <laughs> I know, you know, but the general reaction to it was that it was a minor refresh of the S3 with a lot of junk thrown in. Yeah. Samsung's not the only one that, that releases stuff that has, you know, lots of minor little things into it. You know, every company does it. Apple does it. They release features in their OSs that, you know, a lot of people don't use. And that's Okay. You don't have to use them. Some people will use, you know, mission control and spaces and, and things like that. But it, it's the, the double standard of, of how people or how analysts and Wall Street look at that, that that gets me. You know, I don't understand how they do that, but somehow they do and they get away with it. I also wonder how some people keep their jobs, some of these pundits. Like, for example, there was an article the other day over at, I believe, Forbes magazine. I'm not going to give the exact link to the article because it's so dumb. Talking about a developer revolt against iOS 7, I guess because of the look. But then, of course, they don't talk about the new features. They just say, well, it looks different. And in looking at the supposed evidence of this revolt, they quote one or two people saying maybe it's more trouble to update their apps with the new artwork and then another person saying well he did it and it looked pretty good yeah how do you how do you balance all of this stuff i mean i I really wish that i had the answer let me ask you something when was the last time dell released a computer a what (laughs) nobody remembers what new models dell released or hp nobody nobody cares it's not on anybody's radar that should show you what kind of difference we see between apple releasing a product and and dell releasing a product i mean apple's naming conventions for their products macbook air macbook pro that's that's it you know there's no big crazy names going on it's very easy very easy to understand it's not the macbook air rs six one three nine two and a half yeah so so people when they walk into an apple store they already have an idea of what it is they're looking for there's some of the more advanced features that they may need help with or they may you know want explained a bit more but they basically know okay the macbook air is is really thin and the macbook pro has more power you know, so they understand going in what it is. And my mother and father just this, no, the end of last week, bought uh, a new MacBook Pro for themselves. Uh, they went in thinking they were going to get a MacBook Air. And then they they saw the Pro. They got a 13-inch Pro. And they love it. You know, when we when we sat down with the two computers, I explained the differences to them. And they decided to go for the Pro 
you know, because they wanted the most that they could get now and keep it for for a number of years. So they made an informed decision, and that's what they decided to get. Now, I have a friend, long-time consulting client, somebody I've known probably 18 or 20 years. So his kids want to buy him a MacBook Air. So he sends me the link to the new model of a MacBook Air and says, should I get this or an iPad? Now, the basic iPad is $499. I suggested he go to the next level, which is $599. And it's $999 for the MacBook Air. But here's the thing. He's a creature of habit. He's been using Macs since the late 1980s. He's not a power user, but he's a good typist, good touch typist. He's used to everything. But also, he's the kind of person who rebels if you try to teach him something new. (laughs) So I said, you know what you could do here is get the MacBook Air. And he has a Mac Mini for his desktop computer, a couple of years old. And I said, the MacBook Air is going to run faster. Just get an adapter cable to run his existing display with the MacBook Air as an external display. And then use it as one computer that he could just take with him when he travels to his summer home, sell the other computer for, what, $250, And now he's made up most of the difference between that and the iPad. More to come with Jim Dalrymple from The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Hey, neighbors. Summer is just about here. The weather's great. The kids are getting out of school, or maybe they're out of school already, as they are in Arizona. And there are many places you'd rather be. But even though you don't want to be at work, business never stops. Well, here's the good news. You can escape the office and still stay connected to your coworkers and clients. Share ideas, solve problems, get projects done. Just use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. This is the powerfully simple way to meet and collaborate online. With GoToMeeting by Citrix, It takes just a click to share your screen and work on your documents in real time. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com. Click the Try It Free button. Use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST for GoToMeeting. Meeting is believing. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Don't be surprised when the global elite confiscates money from your bank account one day. They have already very clearly telling you that they're going to do it. With what just happened in Cyprus serving as a blueprint for future bank bailouts, if you are concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. 
Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves Absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Jim Dower on Blow Up the Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. And the other issue I've seen here, and we were talking about this client who wanted to get either a MacBook Air or an iPad, and I said for him, get the MacBook Air. Typing on a virtual keypad or just plugging an external Bluetooth keyboard in, no, not going to work for him. Okay, so that's his answer. But I've also seen reports here pointing out that if you want a fully equipped Intel-based Ultrabook computer, which is their equivalent of the MacBook Air, from any of the PC makers, and you equip it in any way similar to what Apple does with all flash memory and all the same hardware, often it's more expensive now. That's right. This has changed very recently. At what point did this turn over? It used to be that Apple was sort of competitive. You know, the prices were similar, but Apple tended to be a little bit higher most times, except in the high end of the market. But now it's not that way. Well, I, I think this started to change years ago. And, you know, the, the PC market does a great job in marketing their computers to the lower end of, of the market. And what Apple seems to want to do is put out a quality product with the best technologies that they can put out. They are not going to put out a computer that has 
it's inferior, basically. You know, they're, they're going to try and make a quality product no matter what. And they'll sell it for whatever price they deem necessary in order to, to make a profit. Now, if you look at the, the MacBook Air or the MacBook Pro, Apple has all of these great technologies, uh, Retina Display and the Pros, and you know all of the stuff that's going on. And when you look at at what's out there in the PC market, you don't uh, people don't realize that well, it doesn't have flash storage. Um, you know, it doesn't have a Retina Display. It doesn't have the latest in um, Wi-Fi networking. You know, it doesn't have a lot of these things, and that's the stuff that you need to to add on, and then take a look at at history of how long these things last. The and other thing to point out here is that a lot of times the PC makers will throw up the cheap basic configuration of a product. Look how cheap this is, and then they have this customize button. So you look at it, you click customize, and you add the stuff you think you need, and suddenly it's not so cheap. And and unfortunately, if you don't hit customize and upgrade this stuff, you're going to get it home and it's not going to do anything. You know, you, the, there are certain things that you need in a computer in order to, to make it work. And, you know, you need lots of RAM. You're, you're going to need some power, depending on what you want to do. If you want to do uh, any, any type of video work or audio work, you know, even if you, if you just want to do... Uh, some email and and web browsing and you know you want to play some music and everything takes up resources you know and if you don't have enough it's going to start to slow down and bog down and of course there's always the virus and malware thing you know that that that's a bit difficult for for a lot of people to handle you have to also look at the cost of all those extra services. So you either try to find free antivirus software that may or may not be effective, or you pay your annual subscription fee, which is, what, 50 or $60. And maybe the first year it doesn't matter, but after a while, that adds up. Yeah, and, and it all adds up. You know, make no mistake about that. It all adds up. And, you know, I think overall you end up paying more. I mean, I... I choose to use a, a Mac computer because I just I like to get things done. You know, for me, that's the most important thing. Let me get things done, and then I can I can get where I get paid. Um, you know, I'm an uh, an independent writer, so I need to be able to work all the time. And I have a couple of PCs. I've had them in the house for for a number of years. Just to know what's going on and i get so frustrated they're they're in the storage room now you know it's not that i've never used a pc i have i understand the pain i i just don't want to deal with it you know it's very interesting here when you look at the surveys particularly in the mobile platform we know android has more users than ios but if you look at all the statistics about web activity you think the reverse is true far more are using iOS for online access, far more using it for purchasing, making purchases of products. So what's going on, what might be going on, is that lots of people buy those other products, but they're not as useful. They cause problems, and quite often they'll just stick them in the desk drawer. Well, I mean, it is a good question, and it's a question that I ask every time these, these types of stats come out. The iPad actually went up in web usage 
the last quarter uh, to 80, 82%, I think, of all tablets, the iPad has 82% of, of web usage. Now, I, I think about that and I think, okay, I get my tablet and I just automatically go on the web. I mean, it's so easy. You just open up the browser and you're on. That's, that's all there is to it. It reminds me of that ad when they were selling the original iMac and Jeff Goldblum was telling you about the steps to yeah. get online. And he said, what, one, two, three, but there is no step four. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, th- those, were, those were great ads. I mean, step one, you plug it in. Uh, step two, you pl- plug it into the wall. You plug it into the keyboard. Uh, there is no step three. Wait, there is no step three. You know, that, that was great stuff. Um, because it just showed how easy things are, and and it really is that easy. You get an iPad, you, you connect to a Wi-Fi network, you're online, that's it. There is no other step. And switching from one to the other is very important, consider the difference. So you can use iCloud or iTunes to back up your settings and stuff for your iPad or iPhone or iPod Touch. You get a new one. It could even be a warranty replacement. Maybe the old one went bad and... You had to get a warranty replacement happens. And you set up the new one in a half hour. It is identical to the older version, except for the new features or the new performance capabilities. That's it. Now do that with an Android smartphone. Hmm. Do it with an Android smartphone and tell me if you can just transfer everything. Even if you're you know, linked to Google, you have your Google account, everything is set up, but you need extra backup software for some things. Some things it picks up, like if you bought apps from the Google Play Store and you set up a new device, it'll bring over those apps. All your settings are gone. All your email settings are gone. All the customizations you did are gone. You have to do them again. What's so simple about that? How do they get away with it? I guess they don't because the number of customers who prefer Android or love their Android devices is far lower and the number of people who love their iPads and iPhones. So there is that distinction to bear in mind. We have another big distinction to bring to you. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Folks, you'll want to hear this. No matter what size your business, people don't take you seriously unless you have a professional-looking website. You can empower your business with a stunning online presence, and it's free. Join over 30 million people who have built their websites with Wix. Once again, it's completely free. It requires absolutely no design or coding skills. Want to know more? Check out Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. 
Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker if you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Weakened by GMOs, stressed out about money, and blasted by the electric environment. Hi, I'm Pastor Ginny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease, decay, or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA Drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health and joy. Learn more about RNA Drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com. Or call toll-free. 888-577-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Jim Dalrymple of the Loop with LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live. And, of course, you know, you can't tell people, Jim, buy this product because it's so much better. They have to make the mistake themselves. Well, yeah, everybody is going to make uh, make their own decision. And, you know, a big part of that decision for people is going to be price. And when you look at, at the advertised price, you know, it looks like a, a queer win for the PC market or the Android tablet. But when you look at, you know, the number of apps and the extra things that you need to have on there, and even the malware that's on Android, 
you have to take all of these things into to consideration. And I've never tried to convince anybody to buy an Apple product. That's your decision to make, not mine. Here's why I use it. Here's why I use an iPad and an iPhone and a Mac. And yes, I have experience in using the others. And I just choose not to. So if you want to go that, that route and, and use those products, go right ahead. You know, that, that's, that's totally up to you. But it's interesting about the web statistics. Well, I would like somebody to be able to explain to me where are all of these Android tablets that are supposedly out there. And if they are out there, what are people doing with them? I mean, they're not going on the web with them. So what are they doing with them? There has to be an answer. There's got to be somewhere. What are they doing when they're buying this thing? What are they doing? If they love them so much, we'll use the darn things. And I see why. Because my experience with, for example, a Samsung Galaxy S4 smartphone, you don't feel as inclined emotionally to want to use it a lot. Because if you use it a lot, what's going to happen? Well, here's the problem. You use it a lot, it's going to crash on you applications will freeze you need to either restart or use some application to optimize the system yeah people are are going to get frustrated there is there's no doubt about that so it's not that easy so on the surface oh it looks a lot like the iphone that's the issue with regard to ios 7 they're all talking about oh it doesn't look so good to me it's just all this surface fluff and that's it. And this is the article I was mentioning before from Forbes, where they complained about the look. But what about all those new features? What about the improved multitasking? It's like they didn't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes with um, with any of these. You know, I mean, there, there's it, it doesn't matter. The company, but if you look at at Apple's iPhone uh, five release, there was every component inside the iPhone five was updated in one way or another to make it better, to make it faster, to to make the the processor uh, be able to handle more from from the apps. So these are things that you don't notice until you sit down to use it, and you see that there's no lag between opening apps and closing apps and, you know, moving between apps and, and doing highly processor-intensive things like audio. You know, the, people look at the design of the phone and say, well, it's the same. No, it's not. You, you, you need to, to listen and look a little bit deeper and see that, wow, you know, there's, there's a lot changed in there. I think almost the same thing about my son. He has a 2008 black MacBook. Because of warranty problems, he has replaced every single internal part, almost everything. He's replaced the logic board. He's replaced the hard drive a couple of times. He's replaced the LCD. He's replaced the keyboard, the battery, the top of the case. So what? 80% of that thing is a new computer. And with the iPhone 4 and 4S, for example, they looked exactly the same, but inside Apple threw out all the parts, or most of the parts, inside. It was not the same thing. But to people, if the case is the same, it's just a minor refresh. Right. 
That's right. And, you know, that that's uh, certainly the wrong way to, to look at it. I mean, you know, if you, uh, if you look at all of the things that were changed and decide if, if those aren't important to you, if a faster processor isn't important to you, then, you know, that's fine. It doesn't have to be important to you, you know. But it should be. I mean, there are things that should be important to you. It's also interesting here when you look at what Apple did. For example, Apple got dinged on iOS because multitasking was not complete. It wasn't uncontrolled. They controlled it. So what they did for iOS 7 is to make it supposedly smarter so less used apps aren't updated or accessed to do background tasks as much as the ones that you use more often. So in the sense here, they make battery use more efficient. I don't know if that changes battery life much or not, but makes it more efficient. But they're still looking at the look at the flattened icons, and they can't see all those features. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's going to be a, a lot of changes in, in iOS 7. And there is no doubt that when you look at design versus features versus the hardware, you know, a lot of the focus is going to be on the design of iOS 7 and whether people like that or not. It's just the way it's going to be. But even sweating the details, I read, for example, the other day something that reminded me of something, because I used to do pre-press and typography when I was first getting into the Mac. And so I was very conscious about typefaces. So that thin, light face that Apple's using, Mm -hmm. it's from the Helvetica New Family. And what Apple did to use that face, they had to license from the company that made that font the rights to use that typeface. Now, it looks similar to the font that's on Windows 8, except the font on Windows 8 is Arial, which is a knockoff font. See, in the old days, you used to do that. You know, a company brings out a typesetting computer, and they have the option of either paying a license fee for a font or making the knockoff. And the way things are going with the copyright laws, you could make the knockoff maybe 95% of the original, and a lot of people won't know, graphic artists will, and get away with it. Google, for example, uses a similar font, but again, it's a knockoff. So Apple goes and does, here's the original. Okay, we have flat icons, but look at all the visual effects that we've created, which take advantage of the improved graphics hardware, but that also affects the functionality. It's not just the look of it, different apps depend on all those frills. Well, there, there's a big difference, and I think that's, that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier. There's a big difference between when, when you look at frills. So yeah, Apple, Apple is, is really good at showing um, something really cool during a keynote. You know, I remember when, when Steve Jobs showed uh, Time Machine and, and the, the sky or the space moving in the background. And, you know, that was kind of cool. It was a backup. It was, it was a cool thing to show, especially for a backup, because backup's just not cool. So that was, that was kind of a cool thing, uh, but it was kind of a frill. You know, it wasn't something that's going to affect your, your daily use. I mean, you're not going to go in there every day. It backs up automatically, and it was a really cool idea and cool system, and it works. So, you know, now we we um, look at 
things that are useful that you actually use. And those are more usually more down to earth type things. You know, they don't have those all those cool uh, effects like you know going to the to the calendar. And that's you go to a calendar, you enter your thing or a contact or something like that. So, you know, companies do rely on the on the frills, and that's usually what attracts people is that that coolness. Um, but they then they have to get real, you know. Then they have to realize that people want to do different things. So. Speaking of cool, we have something cool from our benefactors. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com back for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com In emergency preparedness, the day of is too late. The day of a tornado, hurricane, earthquake, or act of terrorism is too late to prepare. But what if today was different? What if you could do something smart and special to save lives the day of? My friends, today is that day. FreezeDryGuy.com is having a 25% off sale on Mountain House Cans, the world's finest freeze-dried food. With a 30-year shelf life, it's food you can trust and enjoy when you need it most. And today, it's 25% off only at FreezeDryGuy.com. Since 1970, FreezeDryGuy has been your trusted source for survival and outdoors food. Go to FreezeDryGuy.com today for 25% off food your family needs. Or call 866-404-3663. 866-404-FOOD. Today is what counts. Tomorrow may be too late. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Jim Dalrymple of the Loop at LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live. Now, let's talk about OS X Mavericks. I guess the criticism there is it doesn't look much different. And that's true, except for removing the skeuomorphism from different apps. But there's a lot of stuff going on under the hood there. They've changed an awful lot, especially with regard to optimizing performance, getting more efficient battery life. And this is stuff that nobody else pays attention to. Well, that's true, too. And, you, you know, that's something else that you have to look at when when you look at buying a computer is... How much battery life am I going to get? I I remember being thrilled to get an hour and a half, you know, battery life out of my my laptop. And now the the new MacBook Airs, uh, the what is it? The Air you can get twelve hours, and the Pro you can get nine hours. That's right. What it is, it's twelve hours for the thirteen inch version of the MacBook Air, okay. and nine hours for the eleven point six inch version which is just slightly below the iPad, which is 10 hours. But the more important thing here is supposedly you'll get even more battery life under OS X Mavericks because of the things they did under the hood. Yeah, battery life and, and all of these technologies is not just hardware. It's, hard, it's a combination of hardware and software. And, and that's where, where Apple really excels because they control both. So they can go to the software guys and say, look, we need you to optimize these apps and the, and the threads and the processes that are going on to save battery life. And then they go to the hardware guys and say, we need you to, to make, to build the next generation battery so that it will last as long as it possibly can. And what you end up with is this, this collaboration that you can go from 
you know, a five-hour battery life or four-hour battery life to 12 hours. How, how incredible is that? And it's, well, it's because of this collaboration that Apple has. Also, of course, obviously Intel is partly responsible because the new Haswell chips offer more power efficiencies. But if you don't take advantage of the features, it's just putting another chip into a box. Right. And, and don't forget that Apple now develops its own batteries. They don't use off-the-shelf batteries anymore. And it's just another thing that Apple did to, uh, to make things better for their users. They put the time and the effort and the research development into creating their own batteries that will last longer than anyone else's on the market. But I wonder what you have to do with some of these online pundits. And I mentioned Forbes magazine because it's a prestigious publication. It used to be. Or used to be. But the stuff about technology, they're completely brain dead. It's not as if the information is hidden. You want to know about iOS 7, go to Apple's website. You learn everything that has been publicized. Maybe there are a few features that we haven't learned yet. They're talking about, for example, Beta 2 of iOS 7, where if Siri can't recognize a word, you can train Siri. There's some trainability there, which is good. An example. Just one example. OS X Maverick is a whole list of Apple technologies to improve performance, more battery efficiencies. But on the same page as a white paper you can download listing all the new technologies and all the existing technologies through OS X Mavericks. It's a long white paper, like 50 pages or so. It's not a secret. You sit down, you spend an hour reading it. You say, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on here. <laughs> But they don't seem to be able to see more on the surface. Oh, I'm going to look at the picture. They see pictures, but they can't read words. Maybe that's it. So if they see pictures, what business do they have writing words if they don't understand what they're writing about? That's a very good point. They, I mean, people, people go into a lot, of this, uh, a lot of this stuff, I think, these writers, with preconceived story ideas. And they make the facts fit their ideas. And that's the wrong way to write anything. You should go in with, with an open mind and, you know, the facts take you where they take you. It's if like, that, for example, they'll have the Apple WWDC. Okay, they have this event. What did they get wrong? I'll write an article about what they did wrong, even if they did nothing wrong or maybe the reaction is tepid. I'll make it seem as if they did something wrong, because that's what I'm looking for. Right. Of course, it can go the reverse, too, which is, let me see what Apple did right. Or well, the that. best way, which is the proper news way, is what did Apple do, and then let's assess it right or wrong. Yeah, and, and both of those ways are wrong. You, you, I mean, That's why I said it, the middle approach. Yeah, yeah, you got to take that middle thing and say, okay, here's some things that, that they did right. You know, and a lot of this stuff is opinion, too. So, you know, I can go in and, and see something not as wrong as what somebody else does, or I can go in and see something better than what somebody else does. Maybe I go in and see something worse. It, you know, it, it, it all depends on your perspective on what's going on. And the problem with Apple is that everybody wants to write about Apple because it brings them readers, at least for that one story. But if you don't know 
things about Apple and you don't know some of the history and you don't understand the company and where it's coming from, then you write things that are just plain wrong, which is what happens at Forbes a lot. And you think a publication like Forbes would take a little bit of time to try to understand the topics they're writing about. And it's so surface, it's so superficial. Not that Apple, as again I've said, should be praised for everything. There may be legitimate reasons to say, you know what, iOS 7 doesn't look so good. I don't like the look. Okay, that's fine. But you should also evaluate the features. The features, good or bad. Do you think that Apple just grabbed things from Windows Phone or Android or WebOS in making their new stuff? Or do they just take what's out there and adapt it or reorganize things for their own purposes? Yeah. Because Apple doesn't always invent things from scratch. What they do is they take something that's already there, like a smartphone, like a tablet, and make it work in a way they feel is better, more elegant. Exactly. I mean, you know, Apple took problems that consumers had and fixed those problems. So before 2007, when the iPhone came out, people had these clunky devices and they had keypads and they had you know scroll wheels and they had all kinds of funky stuff on them and it wasn't really a great experience people got stuff done that's why the blackberry was so popular is because you could actually get some stuff done i had a blackberry but then when the iphone came out apple showed us a new way to solve not only the problems that we had with phones but to move forward so now you have apps, and app developers would come in and, and build these apps. And you could be productive, you could have fun, you could play games. And then game makers started taking advantage of the accelerometers and, and different things, the hardware um, device, pieces that Apple had in the devices. So you could play a racing game and turn the, the iPad or iPhone, and the car would turn. You know, that's pretty advanced stuff, but... That wasn't available before Apple came along. So they they took all of this stuff and made it easy for the average user. You know, originally Steve Jobs was against the App Store and apparently had to be persuaded to do it. Yes. Yeah. He he talked web apps, you know, HTML5 and, and CSS3. Yeah, they were. He was against the App Store and the App Store clearly took them off guard about how popular it was. It's been extremely popular. And what did they just... They just passed 50 billion downloads on the App Store. 50 billion. And everybody else is trying to imitate them. Yes. Google is, but Google developers can't earn a fraction of what they earn on the iOS platform. Part of that also is people who use Android don't expect to pay for anything. Number two is because there's so much fragmentation, developers can't base their products on the latest and greatest features They have to come up with a compromise so everything works everywhere. And even that doesn't always work. I mean, I can tell you, I'll give you one example. Latest version of Android, download Time Magazine's app and try to get the thing to work consistently and see what happens. Doesn't work that way, folks. Hardly works at all. Jim Dalrymple, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find me at uh, loopinsight.com and at jdalrymple on Twitter. What a place to go. The Loop at loopinsight.com. 
Jim Dalrymple, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, Gene. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. It's time to prepare for an uncertain future at the Midwest Self-Reliance Festival, June 28th, 29th, and 30th at the Valair Ballroom in Des Moines. Tickets are only $6 per day or $12 for a three-day pass. Speakers include Jackie Clay of Backwoods Home Magazine, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy of Doom and Bloom, and Jack Spearco of the Survival Podcast. There's 100 free conceal and handgun classes each day, and you'll gain valuable knowledge as you learn how to prepare with beekeeping, soap making, canning supplies, cooking with solar, gold and silver, seed banks, and water purification. There's even a free apple seed shoot for the kids. Check out the Longevity booth and the health product line with pharmacist Keith Abel speaking about natural, healthy living. The Midwest Self-Reliance Festival, June 28th, 29th, and 30th in Des Moines, Iowa. Presented by My Patriot Supply and sponsored by Genesis Communications Network. Visit ValairBallroom.com for tickets and find us on Facebook at the Midwest Self-Reliance Festival. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Bob Dr. McLevitis, or should I call him Bobcat Dr. McLevitis? No, it's Maverick. Well, that's singular. Isn't Mavericks plural? Yes, Mavericks Levitis. So you are Bobcat, Dr. Mac Mavericks Levitis. All right, I was wrong about Bobcat. What can I say? I thought it was a great guess. You think it was, huh? I thought it was until they said its name was Mavericks. Right up until that moment, I thought it was a great guess. You tried in every way you could. Yes, indeed. That doesn't make sense. What do you want for lunch? What do I want for lunch? I don't know. We have to decide where we're going to meet for lunch. We'll have barbecue. Nah, I'm not a big barbecue fan. We'll have uh, seafood. I don't eat seafood. We'll have uh, vegetarian. Indian. Vegetarian. Indian. Indian. Works for me. Okay, so tell me when you're going to be in town. Oh, I was thinking in Austin. You need to come here to collect your lunch. Really? <laughs> oh, you never get to Arizona? It's good news and bad news. Yeah, the good news is I owe you lunch. The bad news is I never get to Arizona. 
Oh, well, there you go. Maybe you'll get to Austin someday. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> Who could have thunk it? Okay, seriously speaking, we know there's going to be an OS ten Mavericks for dummies, right? Yes, I think that's a safe assumption. A safe assumption? You're probably already working on the book. I think that's a safe assumption. Without breaking your Apple non-disclosure agreement, what can you tell us about Mavericks that maybe we didn't know? You know, I can tell you not very much because really I'm not even supposed to talk about it. But I, I can say that in general and from all of the publicly announced features and products, um, it may not be the most significant Mac OS X upgrade yet, but it's, uh, I think, a more significant update than the last couple or three. I think that there's uh, quite a bit of, of new architecture that you won't see, but you'll notice in a good way. And I think, you know, the look and feel, I think you'll find it a little cleaner and a little bit more responsive. And uh, it, it seems to me that, you know, it's an evolution, but this was a bigger a bigger leap of evolution than the last couple. How about that? It's nice and broad in general and won't get me in any trouble, but I do believe that, you know, there's more to this one than there have been in the last couple. And I think uh, people will notice a lot more, uh, a lot of new stuff. Gotta love tabbed windows in the in the finder. I mean, I've bought at least two utilities that claim to give you tabbed windows in the, in the finder, and none of them's ever, you know, because they're not really part of the finder. None of them has ever been really stable or usable over the long term. And I've always thought, why do I have to have eleven windows open? Why can't they all be in one? Even Photoshop has tabs now, and has had them for a while. And every modern browser on every platform. So, you know, I think that's a, a nice thing that you will, uh, as time goes on, learn to appreciate more and more. The question I have here is why did it take Apple so long to do this? It's like the Finder has had second shift, you know. It gets put in the back burner. They make a few incremental improvements, more or less. But the Finder today is not terribly different from the first Mac OS X Finder in 2001. Or the Mac OS 9 Finder, really. You know, um, the, the underlying metaphor of folders and, you know, arranging things that way uh, in that hierarchical folder structure it is as old as... Okay. Okay, to some Mac users... The Finder really needs a complete overhaul, not just this stuff like adding tabs to it or I, adding I, tags and that sort of thing. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I think that the Finder is long in the tooth, but a complete overhaul. You know, look what happened to Microsoft when they tried to do a complete overhaul. Am I right or am I right? You know, the well, thing you can is, do a complete overhaul, but it depends. On you got to do it right. Yeah, you got to do it right. 
Well, that's just it. It's like, you know, when you look at the new iOS 7, which, by the way, I'm not working on the book yet, and I'm not uh, I'm not in the iOS developer program, and I haven't any actual uh, experience with iOS 7. But just from what I've seen and heard, it, it's pretty obvious that it is actually reinventing the whole metaphor for interacting, the user interface, if you will. So it got like a finder facelift. And, and I think... Uh, it's very difficult when people have been using files and folders and disks for so long to reimagine that in a way that will work for everybody, new and old, people who, you know, embrace the new and people who don't. That's a that's a big order, don't you think? Well, part of the thing is also when you make too many changes, as you say, you get complaints. Let's look, for example, at iOS 7 where the new artwork, a lot of people are complaining, well, it looks different. But then if you look at the criticism made of Apple before then, which is that, gee, you've had iOS out for six years, and nothing's changed. You've added some features, but the basic look and feel is the same. Change it. So Apple changes it. Oh, why did you change it? (laughs) Well, I don't believe things should be changed just for the sake of change, but... I do think that um, there's probably a better way today to manage files than the finder that we that we live with, the files and folders and clicking and stuff. But but I don't know what it is. We assume Apple maybe could have made those drastic changes, but decided they'll just make incremental changes once again. I mean, if you look at Lion and Mountain Lion, how serious were the changes? Apple said 200 new features. But really... Yeah, and a hundred of them were like a new checkbox in the such and such preference. So, okay, but but I think Mavericks um, has more new features and improvements than Lion and Mount Lion. And you have to remember, what's the next operating system after this? Version number ten ten eleven one. I don't know. They're going to call it Spinal Tap because it goes to eleven. Um, (laughs) that actually is not a good prediction. I don't think it will be called Spinal Tap, but it's a whole new generation. Mac OS 11 Spinal Tap. The Spinal Tap edition. Right. Uh, I, I don't really think it'll be called Spinal Tap. However, I do think that might be when you'll see a significant overhaul of the user interface. Maybe Johnny Ive doesn't have enough to do. He can go redesign the Finder. Maybe Bill Atkinson isn't busy. I don't know. Well, I thought that's what Jonathan I was supposed to do. Maybe. Uh, He is, I guess now he is. So I don't think that he could have done both in such a short period of time. So it was like they flipped a coin in Apple headquarters. Heads, we fix iOS first. Tails, we fix macOS first. iOS 1. Also, it's got a higher profile, and it gets better chicks. Well, that's it, too. The Mac is kind of a second-class citizen, you know? Although that new Mac Pro really kind of knocks my socks off. I'll tell you what. Someone's going to sell us some socks or something. Wait. We'll find out in a moment. 
Now, coming up a little later on the show, we'll be hearing from Gabriel Weinberg of DuckDuckGo. That's a search engine where you can search anonymously. And later on, we'll also hear from Rob Pegarero, a tech journalist with lots and lots of important information to offer. We have Bob Levitis joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at $11 trillion, gold trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded $16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The $20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. It's time to prepare for an uncertain future at the Midwest Self-Reliance Festival, June 28th, 29th, and 30th at the Valair Ballroom in Des Moines. Tickets are only $6 per day or $12 for a three-day pass. Speakers include Jackie Clay of Backwoods Home Magazine, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy of Doom and Bloom, and Jack Spearco of the Survival Podcast. There's 100 free conceal and handgun classes each day, and you'll gain valuable knowledge as you learn how to prepare with beekeeping, soap making, canning supplies, cooking with solar, gold and silver, seed banks, and water purification. There's even a free apple seed shoot for the kids. Check out the Longevity booth and the health product line with pharmacist Keith Abel speaking about natural healthy living. The Midwest Self-Reliance Festival, June 28th, 29th, and 30th in Des Moines, Iowa. Presented by My Patriot Supply and sponsored by Genesis Communications Network. Visit ValairBallroom.com for tickets and find us on Facebook at the Midwest Self-Reliance Festival. Hi, my name is Annette, and due to menopause symptoms for nearly two years, I suffered severe hot flashes, which prevented me from sleeping all night. It was so hard to work because it continued all day to have the hot flashes from hell. I was exhausted and depleted. After only three weeks on One World Way, I have no hot flashes, and I'm sleeping normally again. I feel energized and strong. This is an amazing product. It is a little-known fact that every single cell of your body is supposed to produce 10% of its protein content as 
as glutathione. But due to toxicity and aging, it does not. Could glutathione be a missing factor in optimal cell function for your entire body? If you restore the optimal glutathione levels in your cells, especially your glands and organs, then as a result, your glands and organs work better. Imagine the quality of life improvement you might have. To order One World Way, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So now you have a new pair of socks or some gold or maybe... No, no, no. I, uh, I actually would like to order one of those new Mac Pros, except they, have, uh, they, don't, they haven't announced pricing yet or availability dates. So uh, I'm just kind of... I, I kind of look at it and go, yeah, I can see that on my desk. That'll work. I'm getting ready to upgrade from Old Faithful, a computer you know well. Yes, I kept it well. Knowing that Bob would buy it. And but I'm been, thinking here. It's been lovely. Thank you. But I'm thinking here, Apple's going to be offering the super powerful graphics processor. Okay? Mm-hmm. So my question is, exactly what are they going to charge for it? I don't know, you know, because now there's no there's no bays and no, you know, controllers for, for uh, disk drives. There's just solid state. So I'm imagining that that's some cost savings there's no pcie slots that's some cost savings i think it'll probably be priced around the same as the current models which means you know starting at a couple thousand dollars for the stripped down most basic one my my prediction here is because of the double fire pro graphics processors the Leia xeon chip the flash memory this thing will start at 34.99 no i think there'll be a model under three grand but here's the thing. I know that I want that kind of performance, and I know that uh, the things that I do that require that kind of performance will be upgraded to take advantage of the, these new capabilities and these new processors, namely things like Final Cut and Adobe stuff. It'll, it'll fly. That's pretty exciting to me. You know, It's like I'm starting to feel like this machine is a little... Uh, Long in the tooth sometimes. Sometimes the beach ball is hanging out longer than I longer than I like, even though it's got how many cores? Eight cores. Well, just think of it this way. You could sell that computer for what? Fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars? I think not by the time they come out, but I can sell it for something. Right. So you sell it and use the proceeds to cover your credit card payment. Yeah, part of it. I, I don't know. I'm definitely going to have to do it. And the thing is, it's even worse than that. Because remember, I have to uh, also then get three monitors, <laughs> three matching Why monitors. Why do you need three monitors? Because it looks cool. All right. Also for video, I want one of them to be an NTSC so that when I, when I finish video, I don't have to either go in the other room or uh, watch it on something inappropriate. You know, I always like to look at it on a real TV before I ship it. 
So it would be nice to have three displays and one of them switchable back and forth. I'd like that. You would. I'd like one of those desks with the three little arms so you can adjust the three displays independently. That would be very cool. Yes, and it means uh, rethinking my storage because I've got a lot of FireWire and USB 2 and 3 and eSATA drives. I always had a problem with eSATA. You did? Yes. I'm thinking of like it's like a crazy song. eSATA. Hmm. Hum a few bars. <laughs> <laughs> I do I'm not just hum. kidding. Don't do that. I won't. Um, don't go there. Well, I, I'm somewhere. I just haven't figured out where. I'm actually very excited to, uh, and I suspect I'll get a chance to review one before the, the one I order arrives. So I'm really looking forward to it, but I just think it's going to be neat to see double or even more performance of the current my current axe. Also, I don't have a solid-state drive in this thing, so that alone will make a big difference. I mean, I could do that upgrade, but I know I'm only keeping this machine a couple more months, so or a few more months. So I'm just going to tough it out. You know, that's a pretty interesting thing there. That's a pretty interesting thing, the fact that Apple is going to put most of its expandability externally. And that might be an argument with some people. Now, with your existing Mac Pro, do you have any internal devices other than the initial hard drive and the memory? Yes, it's got four drives in it, and it's got two, let's see, either two or three cards. I know I have a Blackmagic Designs uh, video card for so I can do uh, screen recording, and, and uh, I was using it for recording the screens of the iPhone and iPad before I got reflector and i also have a uh uh, e-sata card that you know lets me have two external e-sata drives which are the fastest drives on on any of the buses they're way faster than the firewire 800s and then i have some drives on firewire 800 one on firewire 400 and a lot on usb 2.0 but the thing is the drives are okay i just have to figure out what i'm going to do to repurpose them to use with Thunderbolt. I think I'm going to buy some Thunderbolt docks and just strip out all the drives and have a row of Thunderbolt docks that I can put any of the drives in at any time. I think I need four of those. This is the big argument, Bob, with regard to the new Mac Pro. The fact is that all the expandability is external. Do you think you're going to see a rich selection of Thunderbolt 2 breakout boxes this fall when the thing comes out? I don't think you'll see them so fast. Prior experience has been that when something like this comes out, there's a bunch of product announcements, and then over the next few months, things trickle out. So I don't think there'll be a slew all at once up early on. And I also don't think that it's that huge of a market, but it's an important market, and I think the important players will be working on great products for it. And over time, in a year... All the video and audio people who need fast media support um, will have lots of Thunderbolt options. You know, I can't imagine that you won't be able to do all the same things that you could do now with PCI slots internally a year out from the launch of this thing. Because Thunderbolt, I think, is starting to to pick up some steam. It seems, and you know, I don't have a lot of experience with it yet, but it seems 
like a pretty good solution and a pretty flexible solution and really, you know, a pretty ideal way to have multiple external devices without having to have a lot of different inputs on your Mac, you know, a lot of different ports. And that makes sense to me to, to move some of this off the Mac. And that way it's optional. That way, if you, if you don't need something like an NTSC card or eSATA, you don't need to pay for it. But if you do, you know, you can get the fastest possible stuff if you buy Firewire native things. And from now on, that's what I will. Uh, once I get rid of this Mac Pro and have a machine that's only got Thunderbolt and USB 3, you know, I'll start buying Thunderbolt accessories. I don't know if I'll replace the Blackmagic card or the eSATA card because I don't think I need to. But over time, I'm sure there'll be something that I'll want to expand, which means I'll be looking for some kind of expansion chassis. And I expect there'll be, you know, in a year, a few different ways to go with that to set things up. You know, if I wanted, like, multiple audio inputs and outputs. But I think you can do that on Thunderbolt. I don't think you need any kind of, a, what do you call it, a bus. I'm going to be on a bus if I don't do this break. <laughs> More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker got a simple question for you can you sell yes Okay, can you sell the intangible? 
If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends. If you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships. If you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise. And you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest largest independent talk radio networks in the world and we're hiring right now we offer benefits and an excellent commission structure experience preferred but we'll train the right person is that you submit your resume today to advertise at gcnlive.com again that's advertise at gcnlive.com come work with the genesis communications network an equal opportunity employer For years, you've been hearing about Herbal Healer Academy and how it's remained the leader in effective alternative and natural medicine and education. But how can they continue to hold that title for years on end? The answer is high quality and huge selection. Just visit HerbalHealer.com and shop online or request a free catalog. You're bound to find the alternative you're looking for. Did you know that Herbal Healer carries the latest, safest, and effective weight loss products? You can also count on Herbal Healer for the largest selection of safe and natural supplements just for children. And don't forget your pets. Herbal Healer even has natural mineral supplements for all your animals, including horses, cows, and birds. Take a peek at their online calendar, and you're sure to find everything you need and maybe something you didn't realize you needed. Visit HerbalHealer.com and don't forget to sign up for the free Herbal Healer newsletter. HerbalHealer.com, working with the power of nature. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Bob Dr. Maclevitis, not known as Bobcat. There was a guy named Bobcat, a comedian with the first name Bobcat. Bobcat Goldway, Goldway. And Goldway. He, that, I can't even understand that. He doesn't talk like that anymore. I heard him on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and he sounded normal. Well, that was just a shtick. Yeah, I think it left him. I think um, they had one of those exorcisms or something, and that horrible voice was driven out of his body. The exorcisms were removed. I think so. Oh, well. There you go with that. Okay. Do you think the professional market's going to be concerned about the lack of internal expansion? I think at first it might slow adoption. And I do think uh, in, in some of the special cases, for example, I don't know about like Pro Tools. If you've got a big investment in PCIe Pro Tools uh, cards, you might not be ready to make the change because it's going to mean selling those and buying new ones that work over Thunderbolt. If there even are any, I don't even know if there are. There probably are. I haven't checked because I haven't needed it. But things like that, I think, uh, you know, at the high end, it's going to be a real, the migration will be slow and well thought out. However, at the really high end, the graphic designers and the video editors that are doing this for a living, it's a no-brainer to just get everything they need for the new system, which will make everything 2x faster, maybe more. Time is money. 
So for people who make a living off this stuff, if they're making a real living, it'll be a total no-brainer to, to just pull the switch and figure out what the most, you know, what the most expedient way to get to all Thunderbolt will be and then do it. And they will. I think, though, for the smaller shops and people like me, it'll be a, a process over time and certainly a consideration when you think about that upgrade. It's not just buying the box. It's, you know, you got to rethink all of your device strategies, your your displays, your um, external hard disks and other storage and and um, everything else, anything that's on an internal card. You got to rethink everything in terms of Thunderbolt. But I think most people realize that that's going to happen anyway. I mean, that's that's where we're going. That's like the next generation. And so Thunderbolt, think- the next generation starring Patrick Stewart. And Jonathan well, Frakes. Well, I think... No, and Dan Frakes from Macworld. <laughs> that would be funny. And I have to ask him when he comes on the show again whether the mythical mid-range mini-tower dream is realized with the <laughs> Mac Pro. I don't think so. Well, it depends on the pricing. If there's a 2000 or $2,400 version of it, Maybe. You still have to have a display. You still need external storage, you know, but, but these are things that you, you may or may not have. If you already have them, the ones you have will work with the new system, perhaps not at the fastest speeds, but fast enough. For example, if you plug a Firewire 400 in through one of those adapters, it's about as fast as Firewire 400 over Thunderbolt. Little, maybe a little slower, but not much. And, and but Thunderbolt would be, you know, four x or six x faster than that, and two or three times faster than the fastest uh, FireWire eight hundred. I don't even know the numbers, but it's a lot faster, and it's like desirable to go there. And I think most people who get what Thunderbolt's about have come to the realization that over time their storage needs uh, and external expansion needs are going to have to migrate over to Thunderbolt. So I think we're going to see that happen over the next year or two. Also, I think the prices will come down a lot more. Currently, Thunderbolt drives are slightly more expensive than FireWire and significantly, not significantly, but noticeably more than than a USB. And I think that'll start to come down. I don't think it'll ever be parity with like usb because i think the uh technology the chipset and stuff are probably a little more pricey but they'll come down to uh you know within arm's reach I, my prediction okay we'll take those predictions into consideration and we'll seal see them what- in a mayonnaise bottle bury them to be re- reread on this date in 2017 we will and we'll see then when we're using the 2017 Mac Pro. If there is a Mac in 2017, you think there'll still be Macs in 2017? You jumped into that, so get out yes, of it, my friend. Yes, of course there. Of course there will be. I, I think Apple realizes that a big part of the appeal of everything else is how well it works with the Mac, and I think they still make a boatload of money off Macs. You know, they're not going to leave this business. Also, look at the market share and stuff. For so many years. You know, Mac OS didn't even register on the personal computing operating system hit list 
or whatever you call it, you know, like 5% or less. But in the last couple of years, you know, the new computer purchases, the Mac is getting up there into some significant numbers. It's like you can't look at the Mac OS anymore and say, well, it's irrelevant. It's got such a small proportion of people using it. You can't say that 72 million people are unimportant. When it was 30, 40 million people, well, that wasn't such a big deal. Now it's a big deal. Of course, what we're also seeing is that Microsoft is fighting tooth and nail to save their lives. Yes, I feel terrible for them. Right. I mean, you know, they'll make a few billion less. Yeah. Sympathies. And I still don't get the idea. What's the idea of those stores, the Microsoft stores? They look like Apple stores, but without people in them. Well, everyone wants a store. It is going to be a Samsung store. You know, one of the things here I always bring out, and this is near the end of this segment, and that is they criticize Apple for not enough innovation. Or too much with iOS 7, depends on your point of view or what consistency you're following. But then we say, okay, where is the innovation from Samsung? What did they innovate? What's new and original that even works? Yeah, they've got a lot of crazy apps on the new flagship smartphone. But half of them don't work or work in a way that nobody cares about. Where's the innovation from Samsung? How does Samsung turn over an industry they don't? They follow what other people do. So they'll open stores that nobody will go to either, just like Microsoft. I also wonder about Best Buy. You have the Apple Store. You'll have the Samsung Store. You'll have the Microsoft Store. Where will the Best Buy Store be where you just want to go in there and buy some cables or a new TV set? Why would you go there to buy cables when you have monoprice.com? I guess if you need them today, you would go there, maybe. Well, it's like with dog food. You know, if I want to get cheap dog food, I'll go to Amazon for our dog because the particular type of dog food that he has, something called wellness, I'm not getting paid for that, by the way. We get a good price on Amazon, and we get free shipping. And they deliver. Yeah, and they deliver. That's right. So there you go. Do you make the UPS guy carry the 50-pound bag into your kitchen? We have a 20-pound dog. He's not getting a 50-pound bag of food. That would keep him fed for the year. He'll get like a six-pound bag or a 15-pound bag. Oh, well, that'll come in a regular-sized box. No, that comes in a bag. They just ship you the bag? They ship me the bag in a box. Yeah, that's what I said. That'll fit Instead the Instead of box. a box in a bag, because that would be confusing. But do you have a cat in a hat? We <clears> actually <throat> had some cats outside. They didn't wear any hats. No? We had a family of cats. I'll tell you this. This is great for a tech show. We had a family, mom and three kittens... And we decided to feed them. And somebody said to us, hey, you feed them, they're yours. A few days later, they were gone. Before we let you go, Bob, Dr. McLevitas, tell us where we can find more of your stuff. Well, that would be at www.boblevitas.com, of course, where you can get consulting help uh, by remote control. If we don't fix it, you don't pay. How's that for a good guarantee? Come on. Okay, well, of course, you'll have to send us the payment later. Bob Levitas, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All renovation teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order renovation teas at renovationtea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. 
never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Gabriel Weinberg, and he is the CEO and founder of DuckDuckGo. And no, this is not something related to cartoons. But I have to ask you, though, how did you get that name? It's a good question, and I don't have the greatest answer. It's obviously related to um, Duck, Duck, Goose for those in the U.S., which is a childhood um, game. But other than that, there's no particular metaphor. I was on a walk with my wife, and we were kind of talking, and I I thought it would be a, a pretty cool name. I had been not blessed with coming up with great names in the past. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and so this one I thought was, um, you know, kind of catchy, appealing, um, and I just liked it. Well, I know I once asked Bob Parsons on the show, why did you come up with a name for a web hosting company called GoDaddy? And his response is that name was available. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad answer, too, and it was also true. Okay, so DuckDuckGo, this is a search engine. Now, To preface this, those who listened to last week's show, we had two guests talking about online security. And both mentioned getting a search engine that doesn't know what you're doing and when you do it and doesn't follow you around. So let's look at the comparison here. So most of our listeners either have Google or maybe Microsoft Bing, but they both know too much about you. What's the story here? Yeah, I mean, so I think there's a lot of reasons why you may not want to be tracked. You know, they, in the news, obviously, in the last few weeks has been about kind of government requests, government snooping. That's a serious reason, but, but just one, one of many. When I, when I started looking into it, I thought that if you think about what you type into your search engine, it can be really creepy when you know, when someone else would know all your search history, because it's not like stuff that you would put on your social network profile, even that you kind of think about it stuff. You're in crisis mode, you're typing in medical financial problems and, and that stuff sits there. Um, and, and yes, it could be turned over to the government, but the other things that you might want to be worried about are, you know, just ads following you around the internet, which has been increasingly common in the last couple of years. You know, you search for something and all of a sudden this ad is following you around for months. Um, and if you think about your family, you know, most people use a computer. Now your kids may be, getting ads followed around them based on what they search or you search. And then in between, you know, there are a bunch of other things that people don't really know much about yet, but are pretty serious. I think people will, will not like them when they find to know about them. So that's like getting charged higher prices. Uh, retailers are starting to do this based on your data profile. And this is just an infancy, but the Wall Street Journal and others are starting to report about it. Your online data showing up offline. Uh, they did a report on insurance companies starting to use data profiles or uh, risk calculation. So, so they depend on where you live, or do they depend on what you do online to decide what to charge you? Yeah, I mean, all this stuff could be part of your online profile that shows up offline. So one tricky thing is it's not just the search engine company necessarily giving this data over. When you click on a link from most search engines, not like that go, but most others, your search term is often sent to that site you click on, um, which in and of itself may not be bad. I mean, the people use that in their, their analytics. But the problem is those sites run third-party ad networks, and there's not that many of them. And those ad networks can 
consolidate your searches and other information and then sell that profile to others because they're not under the same privacy policy of the search engine. So, for example, if any particular ad company decides that your profile is good for this particular advertiser, they send it over. Isn't there a way to opt out of that, though? You know, the problem with all this ad network and data broker stuff is that it's really not regulated. The whole industry has been self-regulated up to date, and that's kind of the whole do-not-track debate happy to talk about. But the, the consequence of being self-regulated is it's very unclear what's going on, and we generally only find out when there's been these, you know, data breaches or lapses. Um, but to answer your question, there some of them have opt-outs, some of them don't. The opt-outs are usually pretty poor. I mean, they usually say, oh, if you set this cookie, we may not target ads from you. We may still store your profile. And then people routinely clear their cookies. And so if you clear your cookie, then that opt-out is gone. There's no real great way to generically opt-out of these things. So there's no central place like a do-not-call list, which is do-not-do-this. Right, and that, that was kind of the, the idea of this do-not-track list, but in practice it's been completely um, you know, shut down by the advertising industry, and, and it doesn't seem like it's going to do much of anything. There, there's currently a do-not-track setting in browsers, but if you turn on, pretty much does absolutely nothing. No real sites respect it, and the advertising industry is just talking about making it do not target, but they'd still have the ability to keep your data, which is which is crazy if you think about it. If you turn on a do not track setting, you'd think you would mean do not track, right? Well, you know what bothers me, and I've encountered this, is that I'll go to a site and I'll look for some merchandise. Say, for example, we have a dog, we're looking for dog food or dog treats or something like that, or even a health product like a vitamin. And then I'll go into my forums at forum.technightowl.com, and we have a Google AdSense account, so we've got the targeted ad. And immediately it's bringing up stuff about dogs. If I'm looking for a car, I'll see stuff related to the car. So no matter what I do, that targeted ad is focused to me and to my attention. That's exactly right. That, that The technical term for that in the industry is called retargeting, and it's just exploded in the last 18 months. I mean, and I think everyone's starting to notice that they're seeing more and more of it. Um, and there's a few things you can do to reduce it pretty heavily. We have this site, uh, fixtracking.com, which recommends add-ons for your browser. To There's only a few that you need to install to get, to get a pretty decent coverage to stop tracking it. What they do generally is, for your form, for example, it would just turn off um, the AdSense. Now, you may not like that because you're getting less revenue from users, but the tracking pixels that kind of send those data pieces to the companies will be turned off. And then, of course, using DuckDuckGo really stops the searches from leaking out. Okay, so let's talk about this now. We have these search engines that have been established for many years, Google, for example. So obviously they have learned how to adjust the search algorithms. And now we have the new kid on the block. And let's look at two separate things here. In deciding to build a search engine, do you piggyback on what's already out there? Do you start this whole thing from scratch? What do you do? So good question. So I actually started this um, to build a better search engine. Privacy came shortly after we launched, but it wasn't my initial grand vision. My vision was in 2007 
Um, you know, I saw people going directly to sites like Wikipedia, Yelp, IMDb, you know, these sites that have cropped up in the 2000s with really great answers that a lot of people just go to directly. And the thought was, if you could pull back answers from all those sites and put them above the link, you know, you'd have a more compelling experience. A lot of times you get the answer right away. If you need to click on the link, you could do so. And I kind of set out to build that. Um, and I started out crawling, doing all that algorithm stuff myself and quickly realized, to your point, that you know, other people do some of it better than I was going to do with a reasonable amount of money. And so I decided to focus on the value ad portion of two portions of, at the beginning. One, to get this instant answer thing working really well, um, which people click on the top link way more than the rest. So if you put that on the top, it really changes the experience. And then two, in the links themselves, to really try to remove spam and content farms and games sites that are just in intensely cropping up. So I initially set on that vision and, you know, those are still primary focuses today. We think it really does deliver better search results, but we do rely on other people, including our own crawler, but we have about a hundred different sources now that make up links and answers. So this is something that has to be built over time. Let's talk about the other aspect of it. So you started out to build a search engine. When did you decide I'm going to make it anonymous. I'm going to not track the users, not so, invade their privacy. Relatively shortly after, we launched at the end of 2008 and started to not track near the beginning of 2009. And, you know, I hadn't thought about it much before launching it. And it was really a side project, to be honest. I mean, for a year, um, it wasn't intended to be much of a business or anything or even a something people would use. I wanted to launch it and see what people were interested in. And so I did that and then really came upon the thesis. People were interested and they really came upon the thesis of the company, which was the search engines had gotten so big and they're all with big tech companies that have tons of products and there's misaligned interests there. Most of them run big ad networks and they run all these other products they want to push. And I thought I could just focus on the search engine that I want as a user um, and just focus on web search and that experience. I think we could do things that the big guys wouldn't do easily, not necessarily for technical reasons, but for business reasons. Okay, Gabriel Weinberg of DuckDuckGo.com joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carding to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. How's your pH today? Are you acidic? How alkaline is your blood and body? 
What is the pH of the water you drink? We are AlkaVision, and we have the answers. Drinking pure, high alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining vibrant health and high energy because bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. If your drinking water isn't at a pH level of 8 or higher, boost it with AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Our unique formula will alkalize your water, ridding your body of harmful toxins and acid, and help regain energy and health. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise the pH of your body to optimal levels. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615, 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Gabriel Weinberg of DuckDuckGo, what you decided to do here, you're telling us, is to focus on the core thing, which, of course, is the search. The basic search, That's not right. all the extra frills and junk. That's right. What people, you know, really want. And, you know, you were asking about how tracking came onto that. And so people asked about search privacy. And I looked into it and, and really, as we were talking before, really thought that it's really the most private data on the Internet. I mean, you're, you're typing in all your, all your deepest secrets and problems. And this information was getting handed over increasingly um, upon valid court order to government. And, you know, you can make money on web search without tracking people because you just show an ad based on the term. And so the thought was, why do you need, why does web search need to track you? I don't think it really does. Why do you think then if it's not necessary that Google and Bing and whatever do it, if it is necessary to make a living? I think two reasons. The initial reason is just, I think what all companies, especially maybe venture back companies do is just, keep as much data as possible and hope that we can use it later. You know, you don't want to give up anything. People seemingly were happily willing to agree to big terms of service. And so I think initially it was just, that was the presumption. Let's keep as much data over time. You know, these companies run tons of products that a lot of them don't monetize very well, you know, so social networks and, you know, video and forums, like you mentioned, those are areas where there's not intent. So when you're on a search engine, there's a lot of intent with your search. Type in car, you might want to buy a car. On a forum, the intent's not there. And so this whole concept of retargeting and showing you ads based on what you searched earlier is useful in those contexts, but much less useful in web search because you have that search term. Okay, so let's look at the fact that you have to monetize this to make a living. So you're getting ads from other companies. They know that you're an anonymous product. You're not gathering all this demographics and targeting, but do you find advertisers are still interested? Yeah, and in fact, we currently syndicate the Yahoo-Microsoft alliance, and they are willing to vouch for us, even though we're completely anonymous, you know, that we're a general search engine and that when someone clicks on a car ad, they really had searched for, you know, car. Um, And because our traffic, you know, converts well, because people really are searching for that, um, there's been no problem. In fact, our people 
keep coming to us and asking us to advertise on the site, and we just don't have the capability because they're seeing it convert well. So let's look at the size here. We know that, what, two-thirds of the people searching the Internet go to Google. What is it, 15 20% are using Bing? So you're below 1% or something, right? We are pretty low. The numbers are a little unclear um, because they come from basically one source that it, it's a little unclear how they calculate. But needless to say, we're very small. That's probably about accurate. Um, but growing, you know, and I think more than that, too, I think we've made a dent in some of what the big guys have done with regards to privacy and instant answers, which is always great. So the key is here that you're making it a dent, as they say. A dent in the universe? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy making it a dent in the universe. I think that our search is appealing to a great percentage of people, and I think if you know, everyone kind of knew about it overnight, we'd have a significant percentage. Um, but that takes time, of course. So you feel as people learn about it, they will switch over. Now, have you compared the accuracy of your searches to what Bing and Google do? And the reason I ask this is that we have, for example, those ads that Microsoft is running now where they want you to compare Bing and Google. Yes. This is a, um, I mean, we do this all the time, and we spend a lot of our time on relevancy, and we think that we are very relevant. Um, but it's an interesting problem because if you think about it, people search in very different ways. So what you search a lot is probably very different than, say, what your parents search for um, or what a, you know, a scientist may search for or a lawyer. And so you can actually be really good for certain groups of people and less good for others, depending on kind of how your engine works. Um, and so we're constantly working on all different areas of it. Um, but we think that a lot of people, you know, and they do love our results right now. I mean, if you switch, I would say switch and try it out. Well, the one thing I notice here is instead of dividing things in multiple pages, it's as if you have one infinite page. We, I, I did that early on. I mean, I, was, we launched, I launched with that back in 2007. It's become um, an increasingly uh, thing you see on the web all over now, you know, and uh, Pinterest and Facebook and stuff, because I think it's a great user experience. It hasn't come to search results as much beyond our site, but I can guarantee it will come eventually. <laughs> you think the big guys are going to look at this and say, you know, this is faster this is much I do. faster. I, I mean, all you do is just keep scrolling to see more options as opposed to having to, oh, this is page one, page two. But it also means that if you're on the second page, suddenly you have reality because you're really on the first page. You may be on the second or third page in Google, and you have to go through all this SEO nonsense to be on the first page. And it's still nice to be among the first group of searches. But if you're all going to be on the same page anyway, eventually it makes it less significant to fight that battle. Agreed. I think one of the barriers is, you know, each page they serve is another page to put ads on, and so there's a little challenge there. I mean, doing things that are revenue negative for big companies is difficult. 
So we know, of course, there's a big business out there to optimize your site for search engines. We get every week dozens of letters from people saying you can get a higher ranking on Google. And what that is, of course, is a lot of times it's just a trick. You know, they watch what Google does and they try to guess what trick to use to get your site to have a higher presence. And the problem with that is, of course, is you're faking it. Yeah, I mean, there. This is a huge industry, as you know. There, there's some things you can do that are legitimate, you know, like having good content and things like that. And Google and other search engines have guidelines for that. But there's a whole sub industry um, that is hard to discern for regular folk whether they're getting kind of ripped off or not. Um, and I, so I completely agree with you there. This is an entire industry of developing tricks, tricks of the trade, to basically cheat the system. So it's not like, okay, let's have a good site, let's have good content. It is you've got to do all sorts of little tricks in your web code to, even if you're having a link to another site, ladies and gentlemen, you want to have a link to another site, there's a way to do it so that Google will accept it. And if you don't do it that way, Google may say, we're not going to index you anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, because it does mean big dollars, right? Because those um, people searching for you on, on major search engines can really make a difference in your business. So I can understand where they're coming from. Um, but at the same point, you know, I, I think it can, you can get out of hand with it quickly, you know? Oh, I can tell you you can get out of hand. Tell our listeners very quickly here a little bit more about DuckDuckGo and where they can get set up with it. Sure. So we're you know we're a website. You can go right to DuckDuckGo.com. We also have mobile apps for Android and iOS. Um, and it, it's pretty simple. I don't think you have to do anything much to switch. You just need to start searching. And then you have an extension now for Safari. You're going to have extensions for Firefox, for example? Yes, we have extensions for all the major browsers. Um, and in the bottom right of our homepage, you can install them all. It just says, you know, add to browser, status homepage. Well, there you go. It's duckduckgo.com to learn more. Gabriel Weinberg, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. Coming up next on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll feature Rob Pegarero, tech journalist with all the latest news and views. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Don't be surprised when the global elite confiscates money from your bank account one day. They have already very clearly telling you that they're going to do it. With what just happened in Cyprus serving as a blueprint for future bank bailouts, if you are concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money, and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. In emergency preparedness, the day of is too late. The day of a tornado, hurricane, earthquake, or act of terrorism is too late to prepare. But what if today was different? What if you could do something smart and special to save lives the day of? My friends, today is that day. FreezeDryGuy.com is having a 25% off sale on Mountain House Cans, the world's finest freeze-dried food. With a 30-year shelf life, it's food you can trust and enjoy when you need it most. And today, it's 25% off only at FreezeDryGuy.com. Since 1970, FreezeDryGuy has been your trusted source for survival and outdoors food. Go to FreezeDryGuy.com today for 25% off food your family needs. Or call 866-404-3663. 866-404-FOOD. Today is what counts. Tomorrow may be too late. Weakened by GMOs, stressed out about money, and blasted by the electric environment. Hi, I'm Pastor Ginny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease, decay, or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA Drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health and joy. Learn more about RNA Drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com. Or call toll-free 888-577-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA Drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have tech journalist Rob Pegarero who writes for USA Today and lots of other places. And we're going to talk about something that, at least at the start, relates to our previous discussion with the CEO of DuckDuckGo.com. And that is the subject of the NSA and what the government knows about us. Now, I gather, Rob, you have previously used DuckDuckGo. What was your reaction? 
I have indeed. Um, I liked it. I like the fact they have a defined business model that is not built around selling ads against my search interests. What I didn't like, I mean, one of the reasons why it keeps coming back to Google, I guess two things. One is Google News is really helpful for my work, finding stories about the topic I'm writing about. And two, I don't know why everyone else doesn't match this option, search tools. I need to be able to refine my search to say, only show me stuff that was posted in the last week or between June of last year and December of last year. Somebody else should be able to duplicate that, and nobody else seems to do it. It's kind of weird. So you want a more granular searching technique. Yeah, because it's like I don't want to know what people are talking about. You know, a lot of the times there will be some new product launch, and you don't want to see the coverage of it from two weeks ago when it was all rumors. You want to see what's what's been written about in terms of reviews just in the last two days or 24 hours or whatever. So feature request all search engine developers out there. Google does it. Yes, quite well. And sometimes it's a little buried depending on whether you're using the, the mobile site or the desktop site. But if it's there, it works. I use it all the time. And you don't worry about them following you. <laughs> well, given that I have uh, you know a Gmail account, I have my calendar synced to Google Calendar. Look, they make very good tools. And one thing I've sort of grown to appreciate more, certainly in the last few weeks, last month or two, is they seem to be doing a good job of trying to push back against government snooping. They were they were ahead of a lot of other companies in publishing a transparency report saying, this is how many queries we get from law enforcement. This is how many have resulted in data being turned over. They were uh, one of the first, if not the first companies to say, these are the range of national security letters we get. And, you know, just a week or two ago, they filed suit in the FISA court saying, look, you have to let us talk about <laughs> the rulings that have been handed down the First Amendment ought to apply in this case. So I appreciate that while they ask a lot of me, and they certainly collect a lot of data, they are trying to uh, ensure that the government doesn't get it all. What about Microsoft's Bing? Microsoft's making a big push about the Bing search engine. There are these new TV ads where they invite you to compare the search results with Google. Does Microsoft let you do that? Yes, it's funny, actually. The last time I uh, used the Wi-Fi at San Francisco Airport, instead of the usual... You know, click here to start. There was an option, take the Bing challenge, and you'll get a faster connection. I did, and I think the sample searches I did, they, they basically presented, so you can't really tell. They changed the layout a little bit of the Google search results and the Bing search results. So it's not obvious which one is which. I think like maybe three of the five queries I did, I, I had picked the Bing results as more relevant. But, but again, there's a little they, bit of trickery. I worry about that with Microsoft, like these new ads. They're running on TV comparing a Surface or a Windows RT tablet with the iPad. And what they do is they make the iPad smaller so when you hold it horizontally, it's the same depth as the Windows RT tablet. That's tricky. Yeah, well, from, from Surface RT sales, I don't think those ads are working all that well. They don't have to trick you. That's very briefly here. It wasn't maybe something we were going to talk about. But Microsoft has presented the Windows 8.1 preview. Yes. Yeah, do, you, I was... do you think they've addressed some of the serious concerns? I was just reading a couple of the hands-on, and I haven't played with it myself. Me neither. Not yet. And my impression was a lot of things are really complicated. Like, for example, from the Metro or former Metro interface, a modern UI, right now, if you want to run more than one app, they're kind of put in a kind of a side-by-side position... And now they let you run more apps 
based on the size of the screen, and you got all sorts of involved techniques to rescale the other really? apps you're running. How about just leaving it well enough alone? Why do they have to manage that nonsense? Yeah, that's weird. I hadn't heard about that particular detail. I mean, I think it is it is good to bring back the start button because, <laughs> look, it's it's not necessarily an option to be able to spend your entire time in the uh, the modern Windows user interface with the start screen and everything. You know, on the other hand, I think the biggest issue with Windows 8 that I've had over time is that it is touch optimized, and I have a laptop that doesn't have a touch screen. So all these things that are very easy to do, you know, touch the corner of the screen to bring up the charms bar or to see, uh, touch the opposite corner to see thumbnails of your open apps involves skating the cursor all the way across the screen with either the, the track point pointing stick on my ThinkPad or the touchpad. And that's just more work. I don't think they get it. They still want it to be a touch-based system. And that also hurts sales because, for example, an Intel-based Ultrabook, if you buy it with touch-enabled screen, you're paying more money. And yep. suddenly, more and more of these Ultrabooks cost significantly more than Apple's MacBook Air. Wait, I thought Apple was the company that made the expensive computers. I'm confused. Right, but it's not really working that way because of the touch-enabled Ultrabooks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Windows 8, that was one where the first time I tried it, I thought, why are so many people saying great things about it? And I guess because so many of the first reviews were done on touch hardware. And you can say that in the Windows universe, a lot of people, that they don't put new versions of Windows on their computers. They upgrade when they get a new computer. I don't think that is true. I don't think that's how it should work. Buying a new computer is kind of an expensive way to upgrade your operating system. And do you really want a touch-enabled screen in the way that Microsoft envisions it, where you kind of raise your hand to touch something? That's kind of counterintuitive, and it's not really good for the muscles. They could be right in the long term. I mean, I know, you know, our almost three-year-old, she assumes that every screen is touch, from the laptop to the, to the flat panel TV in the living room. So maybe Microsoft is just ahead of things, and, you know, they're, they're skating ahead of where the puck is. And by the time my daughter's using a computer, that'll, that'll be the way her instincts will be correct on every operating system. But then it will be a tablet. That could be true as well. You see, that's where I see where it's going. The fact is that they'll be using tablets, and if you're using a tablet, well, the entire screen is the computer, and therefore you use to touch. But I know if I take my wife's iPad and I use it, sure, I interact with touch. But if I'm sitting in front of my 27-inch iMac, I'm not touching that screen. That's crazy. You know, yeah. At the end of the day, you're going to have to give me a wrist splint. <laughs> and I've avoided carpal tunnel. I should tell you that. Good. You know, I started typing when I was 11 years old. And that was when you had the original Royal Typewriter back in like 1890 or something like that. And I picked up on that, and I've always been a touch typist. And I've not suffered, I don't know why, I've not suffered from carpal tunnel. I'm a fast typist. So I don't want to start now. Not at this advanced stage, because then, you know, there's no hope for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I... Uh... I can ho I hope I remain free from that myself. Hey, we're going to be free from something if we don't tell our listeners that we have Rob Pegarero. He's a tech writer, writes for a number of places, including Discovery News and also USAToday.com. So plenty of stuff, plenty of stuff to talk about. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Folks, you'll want to hear this. No matter what size your business, people don't take you seriously unless you have a professional-looking website. You can empower your business with a stunning online presence, and it's free. Join over 30 million people who have built their websites with Wix. Once again, it's completely free. It requires absolutely no design or coding skills. Want to know more? Check out Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Wouldn't it be nice to have one product that replaces more than 10, saving you space, time, and money? HempUSA.org has a complete full-spectrum vitamin mineral detox formulation called MicroPlant Powder Gold. MicroPlant Powder Gold contains 101 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and iodine, has a 100-year shelf life, and is a perfect addition to any storage shelter. Make MicroPlant Powder Gold your choice. Call 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Order today at 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org. It's time to prepare for an uncertain future at the Midwest Self-Reliance Festival, June 28th, 29th, and 30th at the Valair Ballroom in Des Moines. Tickets are only $6 per day or $12 for a three-day pass. Speakers include Jackie Clay of Backwoods Home Magazine, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy of Doom and Bloom, and Jack Spearco of the Survival Podcast. There's 100 free conceal and handgun classes each day, and you'll gain valuable knowledge as you learn how to prepare with beekeeping, soap making, canning supplies, cooking with soap, gold and silver, seed banks, and water purification. There's even a free apple seed shoot for the kids. Check out the Longevity booth and the health product line with pharmacist Keith Abel speaking about natural, healthy living. The Midwest Self-Reliance Festival, June 28th, 29th, and 30th in Des Moines, Iowa. Presented by My Patriot Supply and sponsored by Genesis Communications Network. Visit ValairBallroom.com for tickets and find us on Facebook at the Midwest Self-Reliance Festival. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption, Absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com. 
or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Rob Pegarero joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. So short and sweet, you haven't played with Windows 8.1. Is this enough for Microsoft or is the problem still that Microsoft misread the market and is so desperate to have Windows everywhere they don't see what Apple sees? I don't know. You know, it's funny. Microsoft, in some areas, is doing really well. The Xbox has done great, although the Xbox One, they kind of botched that launch, having to go back on, you know, can you run used games? Did they not see that happening? Did they not see that coming? Well, that's Uh, what happens with Windows 8, I think. They didn't see that either. Yeah. You know, I think Windows Phone 8 is an underrated operating system. Uh, You know, the the app picture is getting better, in part because they're, they're writing big checks to developers. But... You know, I'm, I'm glad it is because I don't trust Apple and Google to have all of the, the good ideas in the smartphone space. And, and BlackBerry, you know, just this morning, the news came out that somehow they sold more of pre-BlackBerry 10 devices than BlackBerry 10s. The, the Z10 and the Q10 were outsold by their older phone models, which I guess is there's a lot of IT departments that just <laughs> really love the BlackBerry Bold and think that's the pinnacle of phone evolution. Well, it's not something, of course, that they were hoping for. And, in fact, it doesn't really augur well for the company. Let's move to some other topics as we progress here. The TV space. As people continue to wonder whether Apple will produce a flat panel TV, and that speculation we will not engage in. Thank you. I'm glad you agree with me with that. Okay, we have two TV technologies that have come about or are coming about we have 4K TV, which is a super high resolution, ultra HD, higher resolution, high definition, and we have 3D. Now, I happen to have gotten a review TV set here that's 3D, and I think I've used a 3D feature once to watch very briefly the movie they sent with the glasses. It's a passive one, so I didn't, didn't have to worry about the expensive glasses. It uses the same glasses as you use over the multiplex. Okay. Look fine. Great if you keep your head in the vice. <laughs> and you don't get off angle too much. But it's a gimmick. I mean, that didn't go anywhere, did it? No. It's, uh, you know, when this was getting its big launch, I guess CES 2009, is that right? I thought, you know, these things cost a ton. Uh, where's the content? And the big issue then was, you know, sure, movies. I can actually see it working there where you have time to set up the the 3D shot and incorporate it into the plot. But sports, how is that going to work? And then I saw saw a basketball game in 3D at some press event. And it it was terrible because what really stood out were the the things in front of the players, like the officials. At one point, some guy in the stand stood up, and boy, he really popped out of the screen. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, ESPN packed it in with its 3D channel. ESPN withdrawing a vote of confidence in 3D technology for live programming is not good. And right now you can get a 3D TV for anything except the entry level of a company's product line. The electronics guys, they actually, you know, lived up to their predictions. They've made this thing so cheap that it's sort of a default technology. I should note that the Blu-ray player I bought two years ago supports 3D. That was not on my shopping list, but it was just when I 
looked at one that had the other features I wanted, it happened to include 3D. I should say it also it can also play a super audio compact disc. So if only I could ever find one, I would be in great shape. Yes, all those ancient formats. But looking, for example, at 3D, I have a Blu-ray 3D player. I think it costs like $110. Yeah. yeah that's mine. it. I mean, it's the entry-level Blu-ray. Anything that's less than $75 will be the old Blu-ray, but $75, $80... You get 3D. It's become the entry level. 3D TV will soon be the entry level. I think it's a year away. Then it becomes the entry level, which means it means nothing because it's another feature people do not use. But what about 4K TV? Do we need this Ultra HD? And will we see the difference unless we have the 80-inch screen? Yeah, that's the thing. I was in New York uh, earlier this week for the Consumer Electronics Association CE Week conference a short very sort of like a nano ces and there was a lot of talk about 4k you know trying to make it cheaper toshiba introduced a, a lineup of 4k sets and to define this this is 4k in terms of 4,000 horizontal pixels so it's about four times also four times the resolution of plain old hd and uh, toshiba they introduced a lineup a 55 inch one would go for i think 4,800 bucks which is not a crazy price that's a lot cheaper than hd was at its start the problem is any idiot could tell an HD set from a, a standard definition set, even from across the room. And with 4K, you can't necessarily do that. And this goes into the math that's involved in determining what makes the retina display. At what point can you no longer resolve the individual pixels? With the 40-inch HD TV I have downstairs from my couch, it's a retina display. Even if I get up closer to the couch, it's a, it's a retina display. If I'm watching a 1080p Blu-ray disc, it's a retina display from, I think, maybe even within like four or five feet. And so during this conference, people were saying, you know, yes, this is true, but the beauty of 4K is you can sit that much closer, which means we're going to, everyone's going to rearrange the living rooms. Um, or, or maybe this is the perfect TV for <laughs> tiny Manhattan apartments. There was a lot of rationalization going around that I just don't think is going to work. And it may be that ultimately 4K becomes so cheap that it becomes the default, but then we're still going to have the, the problem that. Where are you going to find stuff to watch in 4K? There's no standard for putting 4K content on Blu-ray. Cable and satellite companies, why are they going to invest the bandwidth to set aside 4K channels? Streaming is a possibility, but oops, most people don't have the bandwidth it's going to need. Netflix has said they're going to start streaming stuff in 4K, uh, I think next year, but they haven't said what kind of capacity you're going to need. I have a hunch that the 15 megabit per second Fios connection I have will not be enough or at least it won't be enough for reliable streaming. Isn't so, there an update to the H.264 standard that provides more efficient compression that could help that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of it. You need that to make this a possibility at all. But even then, you know, it comes back to, can you actually see the difference? I am not interested in paying more for something I can't see. It's the same way with some Android phones that are, that are tr- going nuts on pixels per inch. The HTC One, for instance, I think is 468 pixels per inch. That's stupid. I can't see the pixels on my Nexus 4, which is a, a measly 320 pixels per inch. I'll tell Why you, that's just the example. The Galaxy S3 and S4, they went from 300-something pixels per inch to 400-something Samsung. I can't see the difference. Yeah, I still think yeah. that Apple provides a better display of text with their 300-whatever-it-is with their Retina display than Samsung does. I don't, know, I don't know if I've noticed that difference. But I, I can see, that, you know what, maybe it's because of the fact that 
I'm doing it through reading glasses or something, I can still see the little things it's made up. I can still see something that looks like pixels or scan lines or something that's going on there. Yeah, I've got to take like a photographer's loop to really see those distinctions. And so to me, it comes down to I will not spend money on things I can't see. Call me old fashioned. I understand that. That makes a lot of sense to me. They don't do it for that. They do it for bragging rights. And I guess where the television industry is concerned, their problem is that the market is so saturated, they're desperate to find a new technology, a reason for you to upgrade your set. So everybody's got high definition. Everybody's got flat panel sets, and they last forever. I mean, how long do you expect one of these TV sets to last, the ones you buy for $800? What, five, ten years? Quite possibly measured in decades. I mean, you look at things like the the time for like the the fluorescent backlight on an older LCD TV to lose half its bright half its brightness. Typical viewing, you're looking at like 15 years. And yeah, I'm, I'm not unsympathetic to the to the to the situation the electronics industry finds itself in. They've they've done something terrible to themselves, which is succeed in making this previously magical technology of flat panel display is a commodity product. But as a consumer, I'm like, thank you. That's exactly what I wanted to see happen. Yeah, so how do you justify? So, for example, you have a 2008-2009 flat panel TV set. And you've got maybe some better technologies. Maybe the picture is marginally better if you look at them side by side or they're better at capturing, rendering fast motion scenes from a blockbuster movie. But under normal use, the difference isn't that great. Rob Pegarero joins us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night How Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. 
Order Renovation Tees at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg we have rob pigarero joining us this week on the tech night owl live for our final segment we're talking about the desperate attempts of tv makers to get you to buy a new set The fact is, if you have a set that's four or five years old now, it's good enough. The differences aren't that drastic, are they? Or am I wrong? You know, I look at our set downstairs, I'm trying to think, why would I want to upgrade it? And, you know, we could fit a slightly larger set in there. But at the time we bought it, going from 40 to 46 inches, I guess, would have been too much. Could be... uh I don't know. Maybe if the new set had a, a better selection of, of Internet media apps. But really, I mean, these days, the major use of the TV, uh, our daughter likes to watch what she likes to watch. And so there, there are a handful of kids' programs on Netflix and Amazon and Hulu. And then we watch it every now and then when she's not busy with it. So, yeah, I'm like, why would I upgrade this? It's really not clear to me. It's when the set breaks down. Yeah, which... Hopefully that will not be for a while. Although I guess when it does, it won't be won't be a major expense to replace it. Well, you know, it's going to be a lot cheaper than the set you bought today. You know, if you can get 
A 50-inch flat panel today for, what, seven to $800. What's it going to be five years from now, $300? Yeah, I know. So and in the meantime, it's, it's nice to have one piece of technology in the house where I really don't have to worry about it. But that was true with the original CRT TVs. They lasted 10, 15 years. Yeah, I know yeah. that I just gave away a 27-inch CRT-based TV set from, what, 1996? You got someone to take it? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, well, I asked him to do me a favor. I asked him to help me carry the TV set I got for review, to help me carry it from the living room to the master bedroom. And they helped me. I said, okay, I'll give you something. I'll give you, you know, a 20 for doing it. No, no, I don't want any money. Hey, need another TV set? He said, yeah, for my kid's room. Okay, so I gave him the 27-inch Sony TV, which worked just like new. And the thing was, as of this time, what, 17 years old? Yeah, a friend of mine, his very, very old CRT TV finally died. <laughs> so with that, I think there's one friend I know who still has a CRT. And, um, you know, good riddance to that technology. Those things are big and heavy and picture does not look that good anymore. Boy, how things change. Let's move to some other subjects before we let you go. You reviewed, what is this, a new wireless carrier, Republic Wireless? What's that all yes. about? Yeah, very interesting idea. You know, a lot of carriers, uh, they will encourage you to offload your, your data use to Wi-Fi. That's what AT&T's been doing for a while, and they realize their network was getting swamped. You know, I do that on my own phone just because I'm already paying for the bandwidth. Might as well use it. It's, it's faster than the connection I have from T-Mobile. Republic Wireless, their deal is they try to do that for everything. So if you're on a hotspot, not just your data use, but your text messaging and your voice calling is done over Wi-Fi. So the great thing is that means they can sell for a lot less. They sell 19 bucks unlimited. When you're not on Wi-Fi, they resell Sprint service. The downside is this is Sprint 3G, which is really, really pretty slow, even compared to 3G at like Verizon or AT&T. Uh, the other downside is if you move from Wi-Fi to cellular, right now the call drops. The phone will call back automatically, but it's a little bit awkward. And, of course, this is an Android phone, and the Android phone they sell is really, really old. They are working to fix that, but right now I did not enjoy using the Republic Wireless Loaner phone all that much. Since you bring that up with regard to Android, I saw a story the other day, I've seen several stories lately, that the percentage of malware among mobile platforms, Android is, what, 93 or 97%? Ouch. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I, I hear about this all the time. I'm not really sure. If you just chop off the Play Store, it's, it is not nearly as easy to get Android malware as people say. I've never encountered any myself or even come across an App Store listing where I thought or where I even saw people saying, oh, this is a virus. Don't download it. From what I've heard, a lot of the, the, the malware that does get distributed, people are sideloading it outside of the Play Store. And in that case, you know, the default is not to do that. And if you are going to do that, it wouldn't hurt to take a minute to research the thing you're about to download. And the user has some responsibility there, too. So is that the entire issue, the issue being that people are getting unapproved apps? From what I've read, yeah. I mean, there has the malware does get onto the Play Store, and you know, it's gotten into the App Store as well. You know, it is difficult unless you're going to have something really, really strictly curated to ensure that only uh, only the good guys can write apps and only completely safe apps are available to the user. You know, what does matter is for users who are 
basically trying to do the right thing, not looking for sketchy software, are they going to be safe if they just go about downloading apps like a normal person would? And in that sense, I don't see a huge issue with Android. I mean, like the one guy I know who did get Android malware, he was downloading some tethering app uh, for his unlocked phone or, or yeah, unlocked phone, his rooted phone, and he was doing so at uh, Black Hat, <laughs> a security conference. So the general rule of going to Black Hat is don't really try not to use your phone at all and certainly don't download anything. Well, that's the whole thing here, which is if you're going to go outside of the Google Play Store, you have a problem. They also have lots of antivirus or security software packages in the Google Play Store. Would you recommend to people that they should get one of those apps? I didn't take a chance. I did it. It's something like $10 every three months or something like that for renewing the virus string updates. I would recommend one of those security packages, not so much for the virus protection, but because they add find my phone and remote wipe capabilities that aren't in Android by default. So there's, I've tried, I was going to say Outlook Lookout. (laughs) That's pretty good. And there's a free version that doesn't include remote wipe, but does at least locate your phone. There's an open source app called Android Lost that does a lot of the same things, and that's free to use. Uh, Because, yeah, if nothing else, if you lose your phone, you want to be able to make sure nobody else can use it. And I know because this is sort of built in after the fact, it's not quite as effective as Find My Phone where, you know, I guess in iOS 7, it's going to work even if you try to erase the phone. It's still going to say, well, okay, you've erased the phone. Just enter the uh, Apple ID of the person who activated Find My Phone before you can start using it again. So that should do a lot to drive the market for used phones if you can never erase the phone's record that it used to belong to somebody else. You wonder why Google doesn't add that feature to Android. More to the point, what they need to do or could do to get people to upgrade to the latest and greatest software. <laughs> they need to talk to the carriers and the phone manufacturers. Uh, you know, lately Google has been moving more towards providing some of the better parts of new uh, Android releases and separate apps. My pick for people running a non-Nexus phone Get Google Keyboard. It's the stock keyboard that you have in Nexus phones, which is great. It does gesture typing. It does autocorrect. It doesn't have any of the really stupid, weird behavior I see in, like, Samsung especially. Samsung has bad taste in software keyboards. I'll tell you what. Let me raise my hand. That's what I did. I have the Samsung Galaxy S4. As soon as Google made available their keyboard, I installed it. And it's much easier to type that way. I'm more accurate. I'm faster. It makes more sense. The one that Samsung provides, well, you know, I kind of see the logic in buying the pure Android version of the Galaxy S4 because you've got so much junk on there, it consumes almost half the storage space on the 16-gigabyte version. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I was just reading Gizmodo's review of uh, they tried out both the, the pure Google versions of the Galaxy S4 and the HTC One. And on the S4, they said that one of the biggest differences was how much faster and more responsive it was without all these layers of the the Samsung uh, TouchWiz interface on top of Android. You know what? That's a good announcement. That's a good way to end this interview. Rob Pegarero, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find me at robpegarero.com. I'm on Twitter as AskRobPegarero. My Q&A column runs on USA Today's site every Sunday. So if you're having a problem with your phone or your laptop or whatever, let me know. I also write for the Disruptive Competition Project about tech policy issues. And I blog about gadgets and social media for Discovery News. 
You know, it takes an hour for him to tell you all his credits. That's good. <laughs> you can find us, by the way, on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. That is, we are Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also go to TechNightOwl.com to check our internet portal. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast at TheParacast.com. That's TheParacast.com. But here on the Tech Night Owl Live, Rob Pegarero, thanks for joining us this week on the show. Thank you. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.